Hey out there, Holistic Badass listeners. I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast as much as I am recording them. I am having a blast talking to all of these different practitioners and learning more about alternative health and also refreshing my memory because some of these have been classes that I've taken through the last 30 years and maybe I have forgotten small details so I need a refresher now and then and then I just enjoy really bringing this information to all of the listeners in in a manner that's easy to wrap your brain around. Um, Sometimes we're on the go with our busy lifestyles and we just want something that we can listen to in short bites and absorb that information at our own speed. Heck, you can even re-listen to the different episodes. Totally okay. And so badass that you can do that. So today we're going to talk to one of my first aromatherapy teachers. Her name is Lori Hargis. Lori splits her time between California and France. So she is an international jet set aromatherapist. (laughs) Anyway, she is going to share some of her knowledge with us about aromatherapy and what to look for in a qualified practitioner and just using your common sense when it comes to aromatherapy. Um, I will be talking to her again sometime, but until then, let's start with the aromatherapy and here's Lori Hargis. The information presented in this podcast is for informational and self-education use only. It is not intended for self-diagnosis nor treatment nor anything that constitutes the practice of medicine. Please consult with a qualified physician concerning the prudence of and before undertaking any major changes in diet, any treatments for disease, any use of drugs or prescription items or the cessation thereof. I am live today with Lori Hargis, who is one of the first aromatherapists that I ever came in contact with. I was at a training you did as a part of the Certified Natural Health Consultant stuff. And I think that program, I was in the very first class they did in in Provo, Utah. So was that like 2000, I think? That was in 2000. Yes, you're correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so that was the first time that I met you, and I had picked up a copy of, um, you have a book, Common Sense Sense or something like that? Yeah, Common Sense, A Practical Guide to Aromatherapy. Yes, that was the first edition that I had written. Uh Uh-huh. Yes, so that was my first, like, baptized by fire, here's some essential oils, And I still remember the company we were working with had those itty bitty little teeny tiny five mil bottles with the really terrible light blue labels that no one could read. Yes, that's right. That's true. Yeah, they have little tiny bottles. You're right. I actually (laughs) found one of those way in the back of a cabinet when I was cleaning stuff out the other week. And I thought, wow, that's been in there a while. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's been there a while. (laughs) So... Just to start things off, let's hear a little bit about you. How did you come to get into essential oils, be an aromatherapist, and all of that? 
Okay, well, um, in trying to think of the year, I had already started in, in herbalism in 1989 and became an iridologist at that same time. And then what happened was uh, three or four years later, uh, my son had been stuttering since the age of four. And now he's like at the age of nine years. And so we go into a health food store and I find some little bottles of essential oils. And I found a little book and it said, uh, use, you know, five to 10 drops of lavender in your bath to relax you. And I got some clary sage to help with headaches. I got some orange for uplifting and geranium for balancing. So I bought those four oils. And I went home and I started using 10 drops in the bath for all of us in the family. And my son stopped stuttering after one month. Wow. Yeah. So I said, you know, if this can do it, this for Bert, and we had already been using flower essences on him, uh, herbs, vitamins, all the things to build his nervous system. And then also work on the emotional aspect of it. But it wasn't until we used essential oils, it was like the icing on the cake for him, that he stopped stuttering. And he had been in, you know, speech therapy when he was little. When he got into school, of course, they said because of the way he stuttered, he'd probably, you know, fall between the cracks, which, what, which is what happened. Right. And he then... Uh, at nine, didn't want to go to speech therapy, you know, because he was embarrassed, right? Right. He right. was embarrassed all the way around. So it really built his self-confidence being able to speak because he would start a sentence with the words, you see, you see, you see. And people are not patient. They're like, you know, spit it out, kid. <laughs> all this, this kind of stuff. And uh, he's a sensitive, a sensitive person. And now... He, he will be 40 years old mm -hmm. this next month. I mean, at the end of this month, July. And that's what he's doing every day. He's speaking with people on the phone because he's a horse chiropractor. So he's awesome. going out. Yeah, he's going out adjusting horses. And he's, and he's uh, using oils on, on, with the horses, too. Awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's really, it's really developed for him as a person and all the family uses essential oils. How I really became an aromatherapist was I'm the kind of person that when I find something that works, I really want to study it and I want to know all the ins and out of it. So I can really help myself and my family first and right. then you know, help others. And so when I saw what it did for Bert, it was just like when I started herbalism, I couldn't read enough books. And then I started searching uh, for classes to take. And I met a wonderful woman who was doing meditation classes, but had gotten to aromatherapy because of Lyme's disease and all of her pain she had. Okay. Yeah. So um, what we started doing with her is every week we were studying a different oil and we had to present a different essential oil. So what okay. it did is it, it really developed uh, our profiles on essential oils. We started reading. We had to read lots of books because of this. And she also introduced me to Valerie Warwood. And Valerie Warwood came and taught a class in Los Angeles 
and it was on um, working with essential oils and the personality of essential oils and how to balance yourself with essential with essential oils and balance your personality. Oh, that would be fantastic. I know I've been doing um, delving a little more into Rayad and then um, uh, Ayurveda and that type of thing. And I know the oils are super valuable with trying, you know, this one's cooling, this one's heating, this one, you know, moves water, this one's, you know, and, and so it helps a lot with that. And that would be amazing to add that into emotional support. Yes, yes. And it, it, yeah, and because you could work on all the different temperaments uh, yeah. of the Ayurvedic medicine, you know, the Vata, the Pita, uh, this type of thing. And it, it, yes, it could be very valuable. It's, it's a wonderful thing to know how to use essential oils for the emotional aspect of it and how they work so well, uh, you know, because you have the psychoneuroimmunology of an essential oil. So it's exactly. not only, yeah. So this is why it, it works so well on, on all aspects of ourselves, you know, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically. Um, if someone is brand spanking new to essential oils, because I mean, every, everybody in their dog's next door neighbor has some kind of experience with essential oil. And I know back when I started into herbs and natural health, um, you couldn't find any of this stuff anywhere. You know, everything was ditto sheets. And, <laughs> and I was like 17 and I would just go find people who were selling supplements out of their kitchen and go pick their brains for a while, you know. Mm -hmm. But now, like, you can go to Walmart and get essential oils, even though I know a lot of those are not the most spectacular quality. But if someone is just getting into the essential oil stuff, just, just the iceberg, how do they know where to get the best information? Because, you know, some of the information out there is a little suspect. <laughs> Yes, yes, there's the information is a little suspect. Now, now we have so many people using essential oils all over the world. I mean, there's still some parts of the world where it's not really touched down into real aromatherapy, but in the United States, it truly has. It truly has hit there. And we aromatherapy used to be the small piece of the pie with essential oils. It used to be perfumery, uh, skin care pharmaceuticals were the big pieces of the pie using essential oils, but now it's aromatherapy and people using them at home. So for me, I would always look, I always look for organic essential oils certified by either NOP or EcoCert. Okay. And that, that guarantees you that the essential oil uh, has, has been gone through the chain. Everybody who has touched that essential oil from the, from the seed to the distillation to when it's been put in the bottle is, has a certification with those certifying bodies. Okay. People can say, you know, I'm organic and I don't spray and I don't do this or that. That's fine. But the challenge always is when you're working in organics is, Somebody down that chain might have made a mistake 
And how are you going to hold them accountable if they are not certified? You can't. Right, exactly. And my brother is an organic dairy farmer. And so I'm very familiar with the food chain certification aspect about having the individual certification bodies that are recognized by the USDA in order to get that designation. And there's so many rules in place. And it irks me when, like, I have... I, I hate to use the to- the term, but I have townies trying to tell me how organics work, and I'm going, uh-uh. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. And this is, uh, my husband had a, a one of the largest organic essential oil companies in Europe, and he re- he sold he retired and sold it. And then I had an organic uh, skincare company for eleven and a half years. So we he and I both understand what it does, what it takes to be organic. Oh yeah. yeah. The money, the hard work, the audits, Uh, the audits. Yes. Yes. And uh, (laughs) yes. Yeah. They can pop up, you know, uh, if they want Uh, that's, it's not a problem for them to do that. So you have to always have your, your stock, your supplies already, always, you know, correct. There can't be any mistakes. If you've got 500 grams of an essential oil that's not there, they're saying, where is it? And what did you do with it? How come it's not there? You know, what is the yeah. problem? What, wh- how can you, lo- where did that 500 grams of geranium go? You know, right. did, did you spill it? Because anytime we had a spill, say for instance, uh, the fabricator, over poured something accidentally you know we had to mark that we had to mark it on sheets we had to make sure everything was accounted for so everybody has their position in the company and that's following all that to make sure that people are getting as pure product as they can an organic product you know from like your brother being a dairy farmer to us to you know making skincare products all the chain has to be accountable Exactly. Exactly. It's just like uh, any lab job. When you have a specimen, there's a chain of custody. That COC had better be complete and everyone held accountable down the line. (laughs) Yes. No, you're, you're totally right, Lori. And so that's, that's what I would always look at. I would search for essential oils that are certified organic. Make sure if they tell you they're organic, that the label is, that is the symbol is on the, the label that they will send you because anybody who's organic, they're going to be proud to send you their certificate. They're going to put it up on their site. They're going right. to, they're going to also, they're going to be transparent because if you're organic, you're organic. And if you're not, then that's when you're going to try to hide something. So right. find companies that will give you the certification. You can find hydrosols that are part of, you know, the distillation of essential oils, organic, and then you can make really wonderful, healthy products because who wants to put pesticides and herbicides on your skin? I don't. Right. Exactly. Now you said hydrosols. And this is something I'm familiar with because in organic chemistry in college, we we made uh, steam distillations. So I know the difference, <laughs> but a lot of people don't. So what is the difference between an essential oil and a hydrosol? Okay, so um, the when you go to distill your essential oil, 
what happens is you have steam that comes up through the plant material. And then they send a refrigerated coil uh, through, the, through the distillation, which separates the steam Okay, mm -hmm. and and the and separates it from it the essential. And then what happens is the essential oil. You have a separation of essential oil from the water of the plant. So the first thing that comes out is your water, and then you have your essential oil coming out. So they're separated at that time. Right. And the water is has it's like having a super hundred time herbal tea, right, from the plant material. And you're getting some essential oil in there too. The hydrosols can be used therapeutically also because they have antiviral, uh, antibacterial, uh, anti-inflammatory, cooling, soothing, warming properties. And this is something that you can use. It's much easier to use with children. It's easy to use with animals. You don't have the contraindications that you have with essential oils. Right. Now, if you, I, I hear lots of numbers tossed around and I'm not even real sure if there's a real way to measure it, but if you had to put a concentration of, on an essential oil, like one day I watched a woman put 20 drops of lemon essential oil in a bottle of water. And I looked at her and said, what are you doing? And she drank it? Yeah. I said she was crazy because that would, I said, that's going to irritate your entire gastrointestinal tract. I said that, I said one or two drops in a 12 to 14 ounce bottle of water is more than enough. <laughs> and, and she told me, no, 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 I need more. And I said, no, 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 I would never suggest that anyone ever do that much. So if you had to guesstimate like the potency of an essential oil like it is so many times the original plant matter of chemical components what kind of number would you guess on it like because i'm not even real sure there is a scale for that maybe there is and i'm just not aware you know i i i don't really have i couldn't i couldn't tell you that really you know because each it, it depends on how much plant material you need because mm -hmm. each, each one has, I mean, you right. need a whole, you need a lot of petals, you know, to make one kilo right. of, of rose oil. So it would be hard to tell, tell you that, uh, to be clear on it. I, I don't really know. I don't know the answer to that. Um, usually with essential oils, when anybody's going to use something internally like that, they need to be using a carrier such as uh, you can use a thing called soluble. It's a product that my uh, husband's business partner developed with a chemist in France. Uh -huh. And you can, you can find it on the internet everywhere now. It's, it's called S-O-L-U-B-O-L, -L, something like that. I mean, S-O-L-U-B-O-L, -L, yes. And um, what it does is it's got acacia gum in it. It's got lecithin in it, absorbic C. Yeah. yeah. And you put the essential oil in it. And so usually when you take, if you're going to take essential oils internally, if you're going to do that, there's got to be a reason. Right. 
you know, in, 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 in French aromatherapy, there's a reason that you're using it like that. You're, you're taking it for a, a virus or a, a cold or a cough or something like that. And you're usually only using it seven to 10 days max. You're not using it on an everyday basis because right. essential oils like this person with lemon or grapefruit or orange, essential oils can irritate the kidneys too. Right. And, you know, exactly. plus the holy alimentary system, like you were saying to this person. So, you know, and that's only one or two drops to a teaspoon of this soluble. Right. It's not exactly. 20 drops. Right. I, I've just seen some people who have seen me for appointments and they come in with these crazy protocols and I'm looking at them going, no, 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 don't ever do this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, it, it is frustrating, you know, because I'm coming from a, a position more of like, um, I'm kind of in the middle, you know, like I want to help you, but I don't want to create any more problems than what we need to. So, you, you know, I was like, let's look at other ways to, to go about this. <laughs> yes. And the skin, the skin absorbs the essential oils. And in fact, uh, it's been shown that in studies that cert that essential oils help medications penetrate the skin the fastest. Really? So that is interesting. Yeah. So you can get really good results using essential oils on your skin, massaging. Plus, if we all think about it, we all need essential fatty acids and carrier oils such as sunflower is high in, you know, vitamin D and E. Right. We need, we, our bodies don't produce essential fatty acids. So when we're putting carrier oils on our skin, we're also giving ourselves those essential fatty acids that we need. Plus then the essential oils are pushing those essential fatty acids into our body more. Oh, see, now you've just, I feel like I'm polishing my nails here. The lotion that I make, um, because part of my own business, I, uh, I make my own skincare stuff, just small batch, very small batch. But the, the lotion that I make is more of a, a cream, right? Mm -hmm. And um, the main component of that is sunflower oil. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. In fact, there's quite a lot of sunflower oil in it. And then um, I whip it with, um, oh, goodness, let me think what else in there. Cocoa butter, shea butter. Um, there's no coconut in it. Um, and then that all gets melted together. And then um, even my preservative that I use, because you have to have a preservative, there's water introduced. Mm -hmm. I use um, one that is made from acidophilus from fermented radishes. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Well, you know, sun, I think it sounds like it's a beautiful uh lotion that you're making it's a lotion or is it like a whipped cream type thing it, it's technically it's the definition would be a lotion because it's water and oil held together with a, a wax binder but it, it kind of comes out like a whipped consistency Ooh, and yeah so it, it's usually it comes out depending on the temperature because i make it out in my front sun porch just mm -hmm. to keep keep everything separated from any cats or dogs in the house and everything. 
but um if i get the right temperature going it usually will be just a little bit thicker on the top when you first get started and then it's like a thick night cream type consistency but i have a lot of people who say they have great results with that with um when they have um i'm trying to think of a good good way of putting it. like when they have the the weepy rashy stuff you know and so I always tell them, I'm like, look, see, uh, there's a disclaimer. Don't use it on broken skin, but you can do whatever you want. <laughs> right, right. Well, it sounds like it's very uh, luscious, you know. It sounds really yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice thick one. But now that you've said that with the essential fatty acids, yes, I, I have great results with sunflower oil. Mm-hmm. You know, sunflower oil in in. In, in Europe, we have a lot of sunflowers, especially right now. I'm not in Europe right now, but I will be next week. And when I get back there, all those beautiful little sunflower heads are going to be popping out looking at that beautiful sun, right? Right. And it's a, a very interesting plant because it's so, when it's made from the seed into the oil, it penetrates the skin so easily. Right. And a lot of formulators will, will say to me, well, you know, I said, well, why don't you use sunflower? Well, because everybody uses sunflower. I go, yeah, but it works. Exactly. Yeah, but I, I want to have something different to market. You know, the company needs something different to market. Sunflower. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, sunflower is, it's not expensive. It's high in vitamins. It's high in vitamin E. It preserves the the formulation better than most carrier oils do. So, you know, why do you want to change that? But I understand we all need to evolve and, and use different things. Right. But I just know that when you have it as a base oil in your formulations, lotions, creams, all kinds of things, it really works well because it penetrates and it's high in vitamin E. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so good for you. <laughs> well, now I'm going to have to tell all my massage therapist friends, be like, ditch that stuff you're using and just use sunflower oil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just use the sunflower oil. Um, so uh, in, in your opinion, because I also see people who have problems with allergies and, and a lot of time, there's lots of discussions back and forth, pro or con, use the oils, don't use the oils. I personally tell people, you know, if you have a test strip or a bottle, just kind of wave it in front of your nose. And if it seems to make you sneeze, it's not yours. So is that pretty much how the selection process goes? Yes. And, and you can do it that way. You can have people sniff them. Uh, if you want to test the product, you know, directly on the skin, you can. And then you just make sure you have like sunflower oil or carrier oil, almonds or apricot that they're not allergic to <laughs> and, and put it on that area if they do get any redness or anything like that. The thing is, is there in, in Europe, uh, we have to put allergens on every single essential oil bottle because uh, they have identified 16 different allergens in Europe with essential oils. Oh, so for example, linenol, which is high, is, is, is in bergamot, it's in lavender, it's in many different essential oils, it's in neroli right. essential oil, and, and it's known for its soothing, yeah, it's known for its soothing and calming properties, its anti-anxiety properties, it can be 
and it can be known as an allergen. So people who are allergic to those certain chemical, those certain chemical constituents, uh, they can look on the bottle and see it. Now, oh, the F yeah, the FDA two years ago uh, was going to put that in place, uh, try to put it in place in the United States. However, that hasn't been done. And it just, it is okay. It's, it's, it's nice for the consumer because they can look at the bottle and they can see, you know, what allergens are there in the product. Right. Uh, as the skincare company, it's, of course, you've got to have one person who's just nothing working but working on formulations and, you know, checking all the allergens and making sure that's all correct. Plus, you've got all your testing that you have to do on all your products. Um, right. You have to have them, you know, tested. You have to have ocular testing, things like that done too. So by the time it gets to the consumer, hopefully they're not going to have a lot of challenges with their product. Exactly. And that's quality control is a big deal. I know um, <laughs> that that's one of my job history in, in real world employment has been in quality control. So oh. yeah. So I mean not with essential oils, but I've worked in soil and water labs and food labs and um in a rubber product development lab. So yeah. <laughs> you understand that then, yes. Yeah, How important it is. It's a big deal. Like when they talk about HPLC um refraction um spectrums mm -hmm. and proving the identity of a plant or an oil, I'm all over that. I'm like, yeah, I want to see it. <laughs> yes, yes. Because we, you know, we have the, the, the mass spectrum, the certificate of analysis. And that's one thing that really helps an aromatherapist is by seeing the certificate of analysis, understanding the chemical constituents in it. And then when you're formulating something, you can have all your certificate of analysis looking there of, of the different, you know, lots that you, that you've purchased or the samples you have. And then you can look and see, okay, is this formulation going to be very high in linenol? Linenol? Is it going to be higher in, you know, geranol? Uh, is it going to really work for mosquito bites or not? I mean, right. that's, that's what it comes down to. Or is it a formulation that I'm using more for, uh, you know, inflammation? So, uh, you know, I'm going to be looking at linal acetate or something like that to, to try to get the inflammation down. Uh, there's, I mean, and you've got clove that's got eugenol in it and cinnamon too. Uh, that, that makes it interesting, you know, for pain relief, right? Right. Now, that's interesting. You were talking about the different constituents. One time I got a bonus bottle of some peppermint oil that was standardized for one of the certain components and i can't remember what it was but it made it smell entirely different than what normally peppermint smells like and it took me a little while to figure out what the heck i could even use it for but the different constituents has a lot to do with um each certain um oil correct yes like yes yeah. Okay. So you, you need to make, there's, there's forks that you look on your gas chromatography test. There's forks that those different chemical constituents need to be in between, you know, okay. 
to make sure that this is really a lavender or this is really a rose. And right. then, of course, when you get an essential oil, after you start training your nose, because the nose knows, you start being able to smell and sniff things and recognize and looking at the color of it. Like, you know, geranium shouldn't be coming to you clear. It should be coming to you to a yellow, to a, a greenish, a very pretty green color. Bergamot's the same. It should be, you know, a, a green color. It shouldn't right. be clear. So you, you, start, you start looking at the organoleptic testing of your product to see really, you know, what is it that I have here? Do I really have geranium or is it, you know, a subspecies of geranium and they're, you're trying to pass it off as, you know, the uh, uh, geranium bourbon on or something that I, that I really want. It could be the right. same with times. You could have, you know, there's so many different times you could have right. thymus vulgaris linenol, which is we know as sweet thyme because it's gentle. Uh huh. You know, or you could have thymus vulgaris thymol, which is the hot, hot thime. We're gonna have a hot time in Old Town tonight, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the yes. hot stuff, and that's the stuff that you know you're not gonna use on on children. And so you need to know the color, the smell, you know, the right. heat from it. So this is a perfect time to stick in here. How, what is the best way to become more educated? Well, let's start with when somebody wants to uh, find essential oils and they want to talk to a practitioner or a consultant of some type, what should they look for? Well, I would look for someone who is certified. A certified aromatherapist is what I would look for. I would look for a certified aromatherapist, a, a middle, a, at least a, a level two aromatherapist, which is a professional aromatherapist, and that they went to a school that was approved either by the NAHA or the AIA. And then I also would look into going deeper with, with someone who's a registered aromatherapist. You know, because you have different levels of, of certification. You've got level one, you've got level two, and you've got level three, which is clinical. And level two and level three both can go and take the test to become registered aromatherapist. The thing about being a registered aromatherapist is when you find one of those, it means they have to do continuing education units. So they right. have to keep themselves up on their education to keep their registration. So this, I think it's important to work with somebody who knows what they're doing and has experience and has the education behind them. Awesome. Um, and, and you have a school like this, yes? Yes, I do. I have a school. Uh, I, we've had it now for uh, four years. It's the Lori Hargis International School of Aromatherapy. And we are an approved school with the NAHA for level one, level two, and level three. And we have already four of our students who are registered aromatherapists. That's great. Yeah. That, that is actually fantastic because that's a huge undertaking. Lots of studying, lots of classes. It's totally worth it, but it's a lot. <laughs> it, it is a lot. It's a lot of case studies uh, and research paper they have to do. And, you know, it's, it's then all the anatomy, the chemistry. It, I'm not trying to put people off, 
But what I'm trying to say is people have really worked hard in our school. Yes. They work very hard to get what they, what they have uh, accomplished. And we're very proud of them. Now their case studies uh, have been in recently in the last uh, Alliance of the International Aromatherapies Aromatic uh, Journal from last autumn, the winter awesome. journal, the spring journal, and now the summer journal. And now they've been contacted by the editor to send in more of their case studies. That's great. Yeah. I mean, everybody's going to have just a little bit different case study. And when you share the information, it goes to, you know much further than if it's just you yourself. Yes. And, you know, it's interesting. I went back through our case studies and I looked and we had three case studies just on toenail fungus, right? And they were, <laughs> and, and every one of them was different. They had used, you know, different methods. They had used different essential oils and they all had results. So That's wonderful. Yeah. It well, just how you approach it, you know? I think I was looking most if not all the essential oils have some sort of antimicrobial property to them. So that would, I would love to see that because you know, everybody, some one person may be able to tolerate the smell of tea tree. The other one, not They, you know, mm -hmm. so that's great to have many options. That's awesome. So if people are looking to find you and, and, or your school online, how do they find you? Uh, they can go to uh, lorihargis.com, L-O-R-R-I-E-H-A-R-G-I-S.com and click programs. And when they click programs, there is our aromatherapy program. Click the aromatherapy program. It'll take you to our page where you can see we have, you know, all the different levels and the pricing and everything. We will start our next class, I believe, will start on August 12th. If you, you can join anytime you want. However, if you want to start with a group of people, I believe it's August 12th that we'll start our, you know, like our fall class classes will start, but you can right. join anytime that you would like. And we're there to help you. So you can become a safe and effective aromatherapist. Well, see, that's awesome because I, I, I have found just in working with people with clients and such that there, there's two groups of people. There are the ones who want everything to do with aromatherapy. And then there's the ones that are like, oh, I don't know. I've heard a lot of bad things. <laughs> and and I, sometimes I wish there were just some people who were like, yeah, I'll try one or two. <laughs> yeah. The extremes, you know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, because anytime... Well, you're right. Anytime you go to an extreme, one extreme is as is, is, is as sick as the other. It's always about balance, right? Right. Um, and having balance in our life. And that's what essential oils really can do. You know, people think, oh, I'm probably here, you know, you know, just saturating myself in essential oils every day. And that really wasn't the case. I mean, my husband was in tons daily, tons, because that's how big his lab was. And we only used them when we needed them. We weren't using them or diffusing them all day long in our houses. Uh, our youngest daughter, when she was born, uh, we didn't use any essential oils on her until she was eight years of age. We only used hydrosols on her. And we used plants, you know, and teas and things like that. So right. there's, there's appropriate ages. There's appropriate amounts to use. 
there's there's a lot of safety precautions and and it, it's you know it's not like just drinking a, a peppermint tea it's different than that it's super concentrated like we said i couldn't tell you how concentrated it is but it is super concentrated i'm sure there's somebody who knows that but i don't know that right and, right um you know, uh, it, it's it's very very important that we use our common sense with things and not go over the top using them for every little thing and all day long and diffusing all day long. Right, and, and well, and when I make stuff um, for clients, you know, as far as like the the soaps or the lotions, you know, and I'll I'll put some essential oils one mm-hmm. once in a while. Sure. And, I've had guys come back to me and they go, well, the smell on this doesn't last very long. And I said, well, do you want to get the benefits from the oils or do you want to send off a warning signal for five aisles away in Walmart? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I wonder if that's their sense of smell is, is decreasing. Well, and it could be too, a little nose blindness from being around it a lot. And, and that it, the sense of smell is, is deadening a bit to it. But I, I, you know, I've had, I have four boys. I've made it through two of them through the teenage years and I got two more coming up to it. <laughs> and so we're at that, that age where we're like body spray is not a substitute for bathing. Oh, yes, yes, that's yes. And I, I noticed too, that a lot of times as people get older, men and women, their sense of smell, you know, seems to decrease, right? Right. And so they want more on their bodies. So they think, you know, you can go to a restaurant and especially at night when everybody's, you know, took a nice shower and they, they're taking their wife or their girlfriend out and they've just got so much clone on, you know, you about gag, right? And you're right. like, wow. So I think maybe sometimes some people think that their essential oil blend should be like that too. Right. And like I have been on flights on the way home from conventions and seminars. And, you know, there's a lot of us that had been attendees at the conventions mm-hmm. and seminars. And there are times where I'm like, wow, I'm glad I can tolerate this because y'all are a little overwhelming. (laughs) Yes, I've got on planes too like that. And I was like, wow, man, that person there, they're going to have to stop because they're pretty soon. I'm going to have to go tell them that, you know, I'm not going to be, and you know, I'm around essential oils all the time, but we really have to be careful when we use essential oils, especially in the plane. Now, the positive thing about a plane is, Fresh air is brought in every two minutes. It's yes. brought in, and it, that's the good thing about being on a plane because people are always so concerned about catching something on the plane. Well, every two minutes, the, there's fresh air that comes in and brought into to a plane. So that's a good thing, except if they just keep spraying it, it, it gets overwhelming. <laughs> it's just too small yes. an area, you know? You're yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for sharing um, some of your essential oil impact information. And I would really like to urge people to get um, the book that I have, the Common Sense book, because there are a slew of recipes in there um, to help with things. I know it's hotter than Hades in Ohio today. So I actually have... I believe it was there or in that class she gave us uh, a recipe for a cooling spray. 
and um, it had a little geranium and a little peppermint and something else in there. And I keep that in my refrigerator when it gets very stinky hot here. Because, oh, you know, it's great. I'm glad you're using it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My, my pages are all dog-eared and worn. So, <laughs> <laughs> you yes. know, there's paper clips on the quick ones so I can just get to it. But, oh, um, so yeah, so I, I've, in fact, my, my husband had it in the giveaway pile at one point and I said, Oh no, you don't. You put that right back on that shelf. <laughs> he thought, boy, that book looks used. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He goes, do you even use this anymore? And I said, you just put that right back where you got that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's great. Well, you know, um, I'm so glad to hear that you're still using the book. That's wonderful since 2000. And I have a, a revised edition too. Oh, yay. Uh, that we did in 2015. So we, we added more formulations into it and we put more uh, formulations in with flower essences also we put in there. Yes. And that I am hoping to cover with you on another call sometime because that has me super excited. I was at an iridology class. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I've been taking classes so much over the last, well, I'm 47. I didn't say that out loud, but I'm 47 and I uh, started diving into all of this stuff when I was 17. So over the last 30 years, I have taken a lot of classes. Wow. That's great. Yeah, I can remember going to an iridology class and um, my oldest son was just a baby. So I took him in a front carrier and sat there with him all weekend. (laughs) That's great. um, (laughs) So, yeah, all four of my boys have gotten dragged along to a lot of this stuff. Um, But I can remember um, being at an iridology seminar and they were they had a book by an Italian guy. I want to say his last name was Lorito. Mm-hmm. And it was all about applying flower essences and essential oils to the skin in certain areas and then how to correspond that to the iridology. So, yes, I'm, I'm like, and I, you know, I, I couldn't get the book that day when I got it. And I think I spent another 12 years trying to track that thing down. Wow. So, <laughs> so yeah, wow. we will definitely be covering flower essences and integrating all of it on another call because I, I, all of it, it's just another piece to the puzzle and it's all pretty badass. I, you know, and I, I keep telling people there's always a little something for somebody in, in natural health. Even if you take a lot of medications, okay, well then we just don't do that. We do this stuff over here, you know, and yes. so there's always something. <laughs> yes. There, there's so many options for people. Um, with, with integrating all the different holistic modalities, it's, it's wonderful. Like you said, if, if you can't use this, if you can't use essential oils and maybe you could use hydrosols, you know, uh, or you could use flower essences or you could use herbs or, and it sounds like to me, you have uh, a lot of things there in your toolkit, your natural healing toolkit for them. That's right. And that's how I look at essential oils. It's not everything, but it's just another tool in the box. And so we have to implement all our tools sometimes or just pick the right tool for the job. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. It's very true. And I, I'm so glad that I, I got on this path, you know, and have been able to live with, with the plants and, and 
be in the be at the distillations and see it from the seed to to the end result the bottle and then see the results of the clients and and the students it's just it's been a really beautiful experience that's awesome well thank you for talking with me today and enjoy your trip back to france i hope everything goes well and i will be hearing from you again you have a good one thank you so much Oh, thank you, Lori, and thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Bye-bye. No problem. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to Holistic Badass. All of you are individual holistic badasses. <laughs> Just make sure you take all of this great kick-ass information that is presented like this wonderful podcast and discussion with Lori Hargis, aromatherapist, and put it all together with your general knowledge and use it like another tool in your holistic tool bag. It is just one thing in that toolbox that can be used when necessary or not used when it's not necessary. Definitely use aromatherapy as needed, not necessarily all of the time. And remember, aromatherapy is for you, not for the whole world at large to smell you. (laughs) So hopefully this is some common sense about common sense, which are really badass essential oils. Have a good one. If you guys want to know any more about me and my business, you can find that information at herbchickonline.com. That's H-E-R-B as in boy, C-H-I-C-K online.com. All lowercase, no spaces, no dashes, no dots. I welcome any and all comments from you guys. In fact, if you would like to submit a question directly to me, you can do so via email. My email is lori, L-O-R-I dot the dot herbchick at gmail.com. I know that sounds super original as an email, but it works very nicely. So in the subject, if you're submitting a question that you want covered in a podcast, by all means, in the subject, put question for the herb chick or asking the herb chick, something like that in the subject line so I can sort it out amongst the other emails that I receive. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to check out my website, the blog on my website, which contains lots of more information. There's also a YouTube channel and be sure to check out, um, the programs and classes and products that I offer as well, because there's a lot of stuff there and it's all there to help be more tools in the box for you along your path on your own holistic journey. All right, everybody have a kick-ass day and we'll talk to you next time.